Good morning, church. How are we doing today? Let's stand to our feet. Let's celebrate a God who saves and who loves us. And let's just give him praise in this place this morning. Amen. You guys ready to worship? Amen.
Just shout a yes to Jesus this morning, church. Yes. Let's pray, Lord. We come in in your house this morning, God, and we're just praising you. As we encounter you afresh and anew today, Lord, we just say yes to whatever you want us to do, wherever you want us to go, wherever you want us to talk to, Lord, whatever it is, we come to you, Lord, today with our arms our hands stretched out to you God and we're willing and we're available the church I just wanted this this uh, morning if you just begin to pray out loud if you just begin to praise Jesus and just give him glory and praise could you just do that right now you just lift up the name of Jesus in this place just give him glory and honor go ahead just speak it out loud we honor you Lord we give you praise and glory and honor you are our champion. You are victorious, Lord. Just begin to praise Him out loud. Just give Him glory. Worship Him. Hallelujah. Worship you, God. Lord, we know that the world is sinking sand. But God, you are our solid rock. You are our firm foundation. We stand on you.
Amen, church. Do you believe we have a firm foundation in Christ? Good morning, church. Good morning, church. We are so glad to see you this morning on this Burr Day, for sure. Just a couple things I'd like to share with you. If this is your first time visiting us, we would love to get to know you. And there's a couple ways you can do that. You can go out into the atrium to the welcome desk and someone would be there to speak with you. Or also you can do that digitally. You can go to the platform, text the word CONNECT to the phone number 904-441-6900 and that would take you to the connect card you can fill out. You can also put your prayer request there as well. You can also text the word news and that would give you the digital bulletin. So I encourage you during the week, if you're like me and you lose the bulletin, you have a way to do that by putting that same phone number in for sure. Just a couple things I wanna highlight. Martin Luther King Jr. Day is tomorrow, so our church offices will be closed. And also, just a reminder, Wednesday is our kickoff for all the ministries, kids' praise, youth, Bible studies for men, Bible studies for women, and also our dinners start again at 5 o'clock. So just want to encourage you, if you've not volunteered or you want to join a study, please do that on Wednesday. We'd look forward to seeing you there. And now I'm going to turn it over to John. He's going to get us involved as well, I think. Yeah, Judy, I was talking to you. I was trying to get the ladies involved with the men's event. So who remembers in October there was a hurricane? That hurricane tried to blow the men's event off and make it canceled. And guess what? Our God is so good. He lined up our speaker, our donations, our food and everything. So what we did is we moved it from October and we're moving it to February 4th. But guess what? There's also another challenge I found out that Pastor Walter is an amateur bull rider. He was oh, just I telling me about it backstage, right? I have the video on it. So there's a challenge going down to the other pastors that on February 4th at the men's event, who can last eight seconds on the bull? So men, if you haven't signed up yet, you need to come and watch Pastor Walter get his giddy up on. You also need to come and listen to our speaker, Anthony Fleming, talking about getting unstuck. But if you don't want to come for that, come for barbecue, Christian chicken breakfast, and a little axe throwing with some classic cars. So if you haven't signed up yet, go out to the booth out in the atrium, see the guys out there, cost is $20. Bring your neighbor, bring your friend, bring somebody from work that doesn't know the Lord, bring your son, your grandson, bring any guy that you can get here and hear about Pastor Walter's bull riding, getting unstuck and having some great food, fun and some fellowship. We'll see you guys there. Thank you, John. <laughs> I want to turn your attention to the screen for just a minute and you will see a picture of some children in Haiti. These children um, live in a great in instability and poverty. They're healthy though if you look at them and they're well fed and they're sheltered and they're learning about Jesus because of your generosity. The Fontana Village was founded by Anastasia members and is sustained by many of you now. When you give to missions, the Acts 1-8 Missions Fund, you are helping to provide for the children in Haiti. Thank you for making a difference in their lives. Would you please pray with me over the children in Haiti, but also for the offering that we're asking for, for our church? Thank you. Lord, I just ask you now as we come forward, Father, that you would just pray for the children in Haiti and all the other missions, Father, that we uh, support and sponsor, Lord. I just pray that you would be with us 
We're such a generous church, and I am so thankful to see pictures of children that are happy and healthy. Lord, I thank you. I thank our congregation. I thank our members for giving so generously, not only to the missions, but also to the church itself so that we can continue the ministries here. We just love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. 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 I don't know what I've gotten into, church. I, I just saw a throwdown that, that I might be thrown down on. And so, uh, anyway, but I hope you come, man. I hope you come. I'm planning on being there. We'll see what happens with that mechanical bull. So, uh, anyway, I want to say thank you, too, for Peter and Shay Fontana for sharing with us this picture of these kids and the work that you do with Fontana Village over there. I mean, just the Lord has laid on their heart to start this orphanage, and it is an oasis in a, a place of desperate, desperate need. And those kids are well-fed. Those kids are learning about Jesus. And, you know, just thank you for what you're doing. Uh, I know John and Aaron Ginn, they're helping you. They're working with that too, bring it on to the next generation. So thank you very much for doing that. Appreciate all that you're doing. So uh, God, God bless that work there. And let me just say, this is an amazing church. Because there's a sense that if God is telling me to do something, people are just going out and serving the Lord. They're not waiting for, for, hey, how do I get this done or that done? They're just serving the Lord. Praise God for that. Praise God. People listening to the Holy Spirit. So I want to thank you for, for those of you that uh, engage in ministry here and through this church. You just see God doing something. You, you volunteer. You, you move forward. I want to thank uh, some of those people that are so experienced. We have such incredible layer of expertise here in this congregation. I mean, people that do things that I, I can't imagine how they, how they know how to do these amazing things, and they're using their gifts for the Lord. Thank you very much. And, and then so many of you, you're engaged with us financially, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for doing that as well. We talk about these generosity moments. I want you to know how your money's being spent. Do you realize that, that we don't get government grants to run this place? This is a big building. There's, there's a lot of staff, a lot of ministries going on, and, and you are funding this. You are, you are, the Lord is leading you. I just want to thank you for those of you that, that are with us week after week, and, and this, this building we're going to be building, this is a ministry tool, so we can have safe uh, ministry space for preschoolers, children, and youth. Uh, praise God that you've engaged with this and, and feel God leading you that way. So I just want to say thank you for partnering with us in ministry, and to God be the glory, right? To God be the glory. Okay, good. Let's, let's move on. Uh, we're between now and Resurrection Sunday. We're giving a series of messages from the last part of the book of John. John chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17. These are farewell words of Jesus. We're calling this series, Lead Me to the Cross. This is Jesus teaching what he, he wanted us to know uh, before he was crucified. And they're farewell words. And farewell words are very important words. When we're saying farewell, we say the things that are very, very important. So, so I think they're important words for us. And so I pray you'll be engaged with us during this message series. I, I'm looking forward to it tremendously. Uh, would you stand with me in honor of God's word as we kick this off? John chapter 14, starting at verse 1. You'll know, you'll know a lot of this because this is a very famous passage. This is what Jesus was saying. And the context of this is that Jesus had just told his disciples that he was not going to be with them anymore. And they were, they were concerned. And this is what he said to them. John chapter 14, starting at verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. 
Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you'd known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these amazing words. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us. If there's someone in this room that does not know you, Lord, I pray that this is the morning that they would know you, Lord, and that they would trust you, that they would follow you. And they'd find the joy and the peace, the forgiveness, the new life that you offer. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So verse 6 here, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Immortal words. We have core values here at Anastasia Baptist Church. Our first core value, the most important core value that, that we have, it's based on this verse of Scripture, John 14, 6, where we say Jesus is the way. Say that with me. Jesus is the way. That's a core value. That is the most important thing you need to know. Jesus is the way. So in this passage, Jesus says he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. This is one of those verses that you need to memorize, you need to keep on your heart, uh, repeat. But, but what does it mean? We say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. What does that mean? Thomas asked the question. He said, what do you mean we, we know the way? We don't know the way. We don't know where you're going. And I think a lot of people are like that. I think a lot of people don't, don't know. You know, Jesus is saying the way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. He's saying the way to life forever with Jesus in heaven is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you want to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven, you need to know Jesus. You need to have that relationship with him now. And, and, and Jesus is underscoring deep in our hearts that we have to depend on him. We need to seek him. We need to know him. Now, years ago, there was a book that said, everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten. Remember that book? Okay, well, everything I need to know, really, I get from my relationship with Jesus Christ. I know it because I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Everything comes out like that. But I think a lot of us are like Thomas. And we say, well, well I, don't, I don't know how to have this personal relationship. How can I have a personal relationship with someone that I can't see? A lot of people have that question. How, how do I do that? Because, you know, it, it sounds mystical and spooky to have a relationship with someone who lived 2,000 years ago. I mean, to a lot of people, you try to share that, and they, they don't understand. And it sounds, to a person that's listening in from the outside, it sounds like what I'm trying to describe is a pretend relationship with an imaginary friend. That's what it sounds like when you, when you use these words. I have this, you need to have this relationship with Jesus. But can I tell you, knowing Jesus is not imaginary. Knowing Jesus is real. It's very important. And it's not just knowing the facts. It's actually knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior, who is alive and at the right hand of the Father, okay? But how do I do this? How do I know Jesus as the way? How do I know Jesus as the truth? How do I know Jesus as life? How do I do this? And that's what I want to talk about. This morning, you know, Jesus is the way. 
He's the direction. Uh, he's the path. And so if Jesus is the path, if Jesus is the way, if I want to know him, I need to walk that path. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so when I follow Jesus, that's when I understand him as the way. That's the first thing to write down. When I follow Jesus, I find the way. I find him as the way. The more I follow the path, the more I know it. Now, I live here in Florida, St. Augustine, and if you've lived in Florida all your life, if you had, you're driving here, the roads are pretty straight, and there's wide shoulders on these roads, and, and it's, it's pretty easy to navigate. You don't have hills. It's pretty flat, well lit. But when I was growing up in Tennessee, uh, the roads weren't like that. The roads were narrow, and there wasn't a wide shoulder, and there's a big ditch on each side, and, 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 and there were hills, you guys in Florida don't know this, but there are hills some places. And you have to go up the hills, or you have to go around the hills, so there's curves and there's hills. And so uh, as you're driving, you have to pay really close attention on those narrow roads. So, so anyway, there was this, I, I lived in a, a neighborhood, and we were between two highways. And there was this country road that connected those two highways. It was called Murray Lane. Now, I took the school bus to school, and Murray Lane, it was a country road, and there were potholes, and there were curves, and there was this one hill before you got, to the, got over to the uh, uh, highway, and the bus would go up over that hill, and it was so steep, you didn't know if it was going to make it over. And then when it got to the top, you couldn't see over the hood, and you wonder, what's on the other side? And then it goes down real fast, and you have to stop at the bottom of the hill again on the highway. It was exciting. I, well, I was awake by the time I got to school every day because we, we took Murray Lane to get to the highway that would take us to the elementary school. And I want you to know, um, it, was, uh, it was narrow, it was windy, there were hills, and there were potholes so big you could hide a horse. Okay, this is the kind of road it was. Bumpy road, that sort of thing. And it was dark at night. It wasn't well lit. And, uh, you know, learning to drive, it was a challenge. But let me tell you, once you became familiar with Murray Lane, you could drive Murray Lane a lot easier. Once you, once you knew it, you, you ridden it several times, you knew where the potholes were. You know how to, how to navigate the potholes. And you knew what was on the other side of the curve. And you knew what was on the other side of the hill. You knew where the dangers were. And I tell you what, if you became familiar with Murray Lane, if you knew that road, you could fly down Murray Lane. And as a teenager... I confess, there were some times I flew down Murray Lane. Well, knowing Jesus is like going down a familiar road. And there are curves, and it can be dark, and there are troubles like potholes, and there are hills, you don't know what's on the other side. And, and, but you know, the more you know the road, the more you trust the road. And, and that's what I want to say. You know, people say... I like the destination. I want to get to heaven, but I don't like the way. I want to try another way to get to heaven. The Bible says there's only one way. That way is Jesus Christ, okay? And that's the way to go. Now, I got to be familiar with that road. If I want to know Jesus, I got to follow him as the way. Another word for way in Hebrew is halach, and it means your walk. Jesus is the walk. If I want to know Jesus, I need to walk the walk that Jesus has called me to walk. Let me share with you from the Bible some characteristics about this walk with Jesus, okay? Uh, it's a walk of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says this, 
For we walk by faith, not by sight. If I'm going to follow Jesus as the way so I can know him as the way, it's going to be a walk of faith. And what that means is that some of the steps I'm going to take, they're not going to make sense. Some of the steps I'm going to take, they're steps of faith. And that means we're sure of them, but we can't see uh, physically what's going on. But you know, when the, clearly the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and it lines up with the words of God and the words of Jesus and says, you need to take a step forward. In the power of Jesus, in the leadership of Jesus, I take a step forward. That's faith. And so we have to take those steps of faith. We do that as individuals. We take steps of faith. We do that collectively as Christians. We call as, as church, we take steps of faith. That's following Jesus. That's how we know Jesus, by taking a step of faith. And when we follow him in the step of faith, we get to know him better and better and better. I mean, there's some, some very historic steps of faith that, that we've taken as church together, starting Anastasia 16 out, at, out uh, on, on Highway 16. That was a step of faith in 2006 to go forward about the time we're moving into this building and taking on the responsibilities here to move forward and start Anastasia 16 Church. It was a step of faith. We took it, and praise God, we did. Just building this building is a step of faith. And let me tell you, uh, building the next building that we're building right now, the Family Ministry Center, in the gym and reaching out to families. God has clearly called us to reach out to families in crisis. But let me tell you, I can't write the check for that building. God's going to have to do it. And so moving forward, when we went to groundbreaking this past year, that was a step of faith that what began in, in, in the mind and heart of God, that we're gonna, it's going to continue and he's going to take care of it and we're going to give glory to him. That's a step of faith because, you know, knowing Jesus, it's a walk of faith. And, and so when the words of Jesus and the leading of the Holy Spirit, they line up and God's clearly telling you to take a step of faith, then you just take it. You take that step. That's part of knowing Jesus. Okay. It's a step of faith. It's also a walk of the spirit. It's a walk of the spirit over the flesh. In Galatians 5, 16, it says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. There's a battle going on. While we're in our bodies, there's a battle of the split of the, the spirit and the flesh. And there are always going to be desires of the flesh. And I'm not just talking about sexual desires. I mean, things like you want a nice house, you want a nicer car, a better bank account, a, a, a really nice vacation. These are things that, that are battles of the flesh. And, and the flesh and the spirit, they're always going to battle. But let me tell you, in regard to these things, the spirit is telling you to move forward. You follow the spirit over the flesh. That's part of knowing Jesus, following the Spirit of God over our own, our own desires. It's also a walk of love. If I'm following Jesus, it needs to be a walk of love. I'm, 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 uh, I'm following the motivation. And this is Ephesians 5, 2. Paul wrote this. He said, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. So it's a walk of love. So that overflowing love of Jesus Christ that we get when Jesus Christ fills us up. He shows us his love and that love flows out to other people. That needs to be the motivation of everything that we do. So if you're going to follow Jesus as the way, you're going to be walking a walk of love and you're going to love the people that love you and you're going to love the people that despise you. And I'm going to love the people who persecute me and it's going to be an action. It's going to be an attitude. It's all that tied together. It's self-sacrificing from the inside and that can be a hard path. But following Jesus as the way, it's a walk of faith. It's a walk of the spirit over flesh. It's a walk of love. It's a walk of doing good. 
Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we're his workmanship, we're the workmanship of God, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So following Jesus in his path that he's leading us on, it's a way of good works. We do good things for other people. That's why we support those that are homeless and those that are neglected and those that are forgotten and those that are exploited and those that are hungry and uh, those that are cold. And not just this church. You're doing it individually. I know many of you are. I hear the reports of how God's worked amazing things when, when you've reached out and you've ministered to somebody else in the name of Jesus. You've given a cold cup of water in the name of Jesus. And you say, man, God did amazing things. Why do we do that? Because we want to know Jesus as the way. And so we walk in his way. It's a way of good works. And it's a way of light. Ephesians 5.8. For one time you were darkness. One time you didn't understand what you understand now. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as though you understand what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Walk as though you truly understand that you're forgiven and and that you're redeemed and you can share that with someone else. It's a walk of light because you're reborn and and you're a new creation. That's what it's all about. Live like it. Live like you're a Christian. Don't live like the world. Live like a Christian. That's what it means. Because you know the way that leads me to heaven, Jesus He's also a way that's preparing me for heaven. As I follow that path, (coughs) excuse me, as I follow that path, he is making me more and more able to fit into heaven well because it's a walk of light. So as I go grow closer to heaven, I should be coming more and more uh, ready to fit in. So that's how I know Jesus as the way, okay? When I know Jesus, I know the way. And when I follow him, I come to know him like this familiar road I'm walking on. And then Jesus says, I'm the truth. He said, I'm the way and the truth. Now that word truth, that's the truth, is is aletheia. And when we think about truth, we often equate it with facts and knowledge and doctrines. And so when I say, what's the opposite of true? Many of you say, well, the opposite of true is false. And if I ask you, what's the opposite of truth? You're going to say lies. But do you realize from an Old Testament perspective, from that Hebrew mindset, that's, there's a, a bigger understanding there? See, Old Testament context, if I say, what is the opposite of true? The opposite of true is unfaithful. Because true means faithful. It's not just facts. It's faithful. It's sticking with Jesus. And so if you're true, you are faithful, you are steadfast. And it's not just about being factual. That's part of it. But it's also about being faithful. Do you want to know Jesus as the truth? Stick with Jesus. Stick with Jesus. You know what it means to be faithful? Faith is this. Faith is when I believe something so much that I marry what I do with it. Faith means I believe so, something so much that it actually changes the way I live. And then... Faithfulness is when I do this for a period of time, a long period of time. I show faith over a long period of time. That's what faithfulness is. And so what that means is when I stick with Jesus and I am faithful to him, what happens is I understand truth. I understand him is truth. And I understand, can I tell you something that's truth? Let me tell you something the truth about your life, okay? You may feel like you're at halftime and it's 27 to zero. This is truth. It's only halftime. It is only halftime. God is not done with you yet. That's truth. 
There's, there's nothing, there is nothing that God cannot redeem you from. And when you stick with Jesus, you find the truth. When I'm faithful to Jesus, God is faithful. Because when I, when, I when I stick with Jesus, I understand that God is faithful. In, in Exodus chapter 34, Moses has this amazing encounter on, on Mount Sinai. And God comes up in front of him and God speaks who he is. And this is what he says. He says, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed. This is God talking about himself. He said, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands. He is faithful to you, loving, loving, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. So his judgment is faithful. His love is is faithful. His forgiveness is is faithful. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, the children's generation. Yes, there is going to be consequences of sin that goes down generations, but I want you to know he is faithful. When I say that Jesus is the truth, He is the ultimate expression of everything that is right and everything that is faithful. He's true to you. He stays with you. Do you realize his ability to forgive has not waned in the last 2,000 years? He still can forgive you. He still wants to forgive you. When I stick with Jesus, I find the truth. And this is the truth. Jesus loves you. This is truth. Don't let anyone tell you anything different. Jesus loves you. God loves you, okay? And you can spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. If you stick with Jesus, you're going to understand how faithful he is and how forgiving he is. And there's nothing that can take you out of his hands, okay? You're going to spend eternity with Jesus. And Jesus about the truth. He is full of truth. And he is full of grace. You remember that in the Bible in John chapter 1 where it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. And we beheld his glory, the glories of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. And the truth is that, yes, we're sinners, but God loves you and he wants you to receive forgiveness. When you know the truth of Jesus, he reveals his grace. So anyway, stick with his words. We're going to find the truth. Jesus said this about truth. He said to the Jews who believed in him, this is John chapter 8, verse 31. If you abide in my word, you know what abide means? It kind of means being faithful. If you're faithful to his word, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples, you'll know the truth. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You want freedom? Stick with Jesus. He's going to show you truth. Stick with his words. He's going to show you truth and truth's going to set you free. The truth is going to make you holy. Jesus, in John chapter 17, we'll get over this in several weeks, but in John 17, Jesus is praying to the Father. He said, sanctify them with the truth. Your word is truth. And then he says, two verses later, he says, for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified. How can Jesus sanctify us? Because he is truth. He is the word of truth. And truth always makes us holy. The Lord wants you to be holy. He wants you to be cleansed. He wants you to be purified. That's what he wants, okay? And truth is how that happens, okay? So stick with Jesus. Keep looking to Jesus. And you're going to know the truth. And you're going to know the truth about Jesus. And you're going to know the truth about being redeemed. And you can be redeemed in his power. That's how I know Jesus. I stick with Jesus. I see the truth. I know Jesus. I follow Jesus. I know the way. And then he says, I'm the life. Jesus is life. He doesn't say just, I'm life. I am the life. He is eternal life. And a lot of times when I talk about eternal life, I say that's life forever with Jesus in heaven. Because you see, life on earth is temporary. Life with him is forever. Okay? And life in your spirit can last forever. And how can I know that I'll have life in heaven 
with Jesus forever? Because he said it here. I believe him. I believe his words. I'm following Jesus as the way that's given me assurance his words are true. I know him as the truth. And, and he says that's where life is coming. John chapter 1 verse 3. It's, uh, John chapter 1 verse 4 says in him was life and the life was the light of men. That's where life comes from. So when I know Jesus, when I know him as the way and I understand him as the truth, that's when I find life. That's when I find life. Do you want to live forever? Thank you. Okay, a few of you. Do you want to go to heaven? Amen, amen. Well, Jesus is the way. Do you want to bask and rest in his grace and mercy and joy and peace? There's only one way, know Jesus. And when I know Jesus, I find life. When I know Jesus, I find truth. So Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Two things I want to share with you. When I know Jesus, I find life. When there is no Jesus, there is no life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The the answer is simple. The choice is clear. You want to live forever? You want to have redemption and forgiveness and new life and power and all of those kinds of things? Trust Jesus. Follow Jesus. Look to Jesus. Know Jesus. And you'll find life. That's my prayer. If there's someone that's come into this room and, and, and you don't know what it means to have this relationship with Jesus, I just told you, follow him, trust him, look to him, and you'll find him. If you seek him with all your heart, the Bible says you'll, you'll find him. And so seek him. It will be the best thing you do. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for giving us this time to to talk about what it means that you are the way. And Lord, if there's someone here, they're feeling like their life is a waste. Lord, I pray that they would find the truth that they are worthy and Lord, that you love and you have a path and a plan for them that's gonna go into eternity. Lord Jesus, I pray if there's someone in this room that that doesn't know what the next step is, Lord, that they'd find you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that, that you're moving among us, Lord, and that you do great and mighty things, and that we give you all the glory because you're the one that brings salvation in your precious name of Jesus. And I pray this in your name. Amen. I invite you to stand with me right now. We're going to have a time of response. Maybe God's calling you to pray. You're going to start the new year off. You're going to come up here and you're going to pray. Maybe God's telling you to take a step of faith and you don't understand it, but it's a step of faith and you're going to take it. God is urging you to get baptized. He's urging you to declare Jesus is your Lord, urging you to become a part of of this church ministry in an official way as a member. Whatever God's calling you to do, you come forward as we stand and as we sing. You come.
you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working You never stop, never stop working Never stop, never stop working Even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working you Never stop, never stop working you Never stop, never stop